know everyone wants to listen to Bhante Sumana because he's just back this week. But he's the, uh, he had to go to the doctor in Sri Lanka and he was ordered to not talk for 10 days. I'm sure he's talked to several of you, but he's not supposed to be talking. <laughs> he hasn't talked to me until this morning, but I'm sure. But, he, but his, he's, still, uh, he's still trying to heal his throat, so um, you have to wait. You can look at his lovely face and his wonderful smile. <laughs> the words are coming out of my mouth. <laughs> So this is, we always have this expectation when, when uh, monastics return from trips to Sri Lanka. <laughs> they usually come back not feeling so good for a few days. So um, I was thinking about all the things that have gone on, not only for Blue Lotus, but for everybody. And thinking since Bhante Sumana left, and he left just a few days after Buddha Day, right? Mm -hmm. So that was back in May, and he's been in Sri Lanka uh, doing a lot of the preparation work and organizing and administering for Bhante's big ceremony. So he's, he's, uh, that's part of why he's sick, I'm sure, is because he's, he's worked, he's worked so, so many late nights and so long. But I, I wanted to think about and have everybody here think about what's happened with us, with you, since then. Because what I realized thinking about Buddha Day seems like a long time ago. <laughs> and, and that Buddha Day was one year from the first day we were able to use the temple after it being renovated. So we've only been in this temple in the upstairs all in this version of the upstairs for a year and a few months. Um, so that's why many of us have a strong attachment to the basement because we were there for 10 years. <laughs> and, it's so, and now even the basement's changed. The basement's transformed. So I was thinking just about things that I think about since this Buddha day, since May, all the things that have happened, and, 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 and I wanted then every, all of you, if you have something to share, because uh, we all, I mean, I think just this week, I started out thinking, what's happened this week? And it just was, it, it didn't seem to end. So then I thought, well, let's think back since Bhante Suman has been gone, because he can just listen today. We can't get any, we can't expect him to say anything, because we're letting him heal. Uh, so, the, the, the th thinking of Buddha Day, it was a great success, and then uh, Bhante Sumana was gone, and Bhante Sujata, about, what, a month later, Bhante Sujata left. But uh, the week right after Buddha Day, I know Kim Washita's moved to Mississippi. And that was a very, she hadn't been here all that long, maybe less than a year. But what a loss that was. She is such a, such a wonderful, noble friend. And she was in the chanting group and the, you know, every, everything. And she did so much. Kim was doing an, uh, so much behind the scenes for the booklet for Buddha Day. And the website. The, yes, the website, everything. She's such a great marketer. So we, I mean, in addition to being a wonderful friend, she was doing so much for the temple and volunteering 
So uh, I'm sure she's doing well in Mississippi, but, but <coughs> it was very sad to see her leave. So all these human emotions, you know, it's, it's this whole period. So Kim left. Things ma we managed to keep things going, right? And uh, uh, I remember her taking Bhante. She took, well, Bhante Somananda and Bhante Sumana. She took them out to sell ads for the Buddha Day booklet. She said, you know, put, have those robes on and I'm taking you out and we're going to go right into the businesses and go to the business and introduce them to, to you and then tell them why it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing for them to be in our Buddha Day booklet. And she did it. She, in, a, in a week or two, she just, I know David appreciates her every minute because she just, uh, she went into gear and she, she took the monks, she took the monks on the, like a little dog and pony showed. <laughs> but it was wonderful because a lot of people, they met a lot of people and uh, a lot of people heard about Blue Lotus, so that was wonderful. So uh, then I, then for me, I remember that June was a very uh, kind of slow month because our weather was so good, everybody's out gardening. And that meant round-the-clock gardening for you gardeners and buying plants and getting them in the, their yards. So the month of June, we were canceling some uh, yoga workshops and events here at Blue Lotus because people were out enjoying the sun too much. So, in, you know, that's in my head, that's what June was. And I thought, oh, this is the first summer that we've had the temple and had the events on the weekends and extra things using the temple. And I thought, oh, is this how the entire summer is going to be, that I have to cancel things? And uh, thank goodness the plants got in the ground and people were able to start spending a little bit coming back. And, and so we've had, uh, things have gotten better in terms of attendance with the yoga workshops and even the, the uh, crystal bowls and the gong bath. And the last drum circle, we had more people than we've ever had, so that was that was great. And we had it upstairs, and I think the the, the people who came loved the the acoustics were pretty exciting. So, um, so things are recovering. That was part of my summer experience. And then we've had lots of our uh, noble friends and lots of people, lots of the people who even some of our volunteers have had. Lots of life things going on just with their in their lives, and I know right now uh, Deirdre said she brought the flowers in honor of Angie. Angie's father died, and she had Angie had just been in England, had been back for a short time, but she'd gone to visit her dad, and then came home for a while, and then had to fly back out because he had taken a turn for the worse. So, and I know one of her messages to us said. And she, they, she was prepared, and her dad was in his late 80s, so I mean, he'd lived, he'd lived a long life. And she had just been to visit him, knowing that that was coming. But she said, it's more difficult than I thought. And I think that's how we all find. Um, we, we practice and practice to deal with everything that life brings to us. But it doesn't make those things easier. It doesn't make them it doesn't make us indifferent to losing our loved ones and uh, seeing things change in our world. But uh, we, can, we can be with it. We can actually be with that experience more 
which means we can uh, recover. There's, there is always, we can go through grief, but we can also understand that we come out of it. And because we're with it and experiencing it uh, and not trying to repress any of it or push it away, then, then there's more healing that comes from it, I think. So um, I was very touched by An Angie's message because I know that's how we all feel. But, we've, but the other thing that was wonderful, before Angie left, she, she's created her tea party. Uh, she's selling her teapots and all of her tea cozies in the gift shop. And then she decided, well, she could do, create tea parties for people. And so she did uh, a tea party for Hope Martin's birthday. And we had it down in the basement. It, we were her guinea pigs, several of us, because she wanted, she'd never done it before, and she wanted to practice. So you may have seen some of the pictures. So that was a wonder, that was just a delightful thing. So we had uh, an English tea party. So we, so that all the good stuff goes right along with the other stuff. Um, let's see, I've forgotten a million things. Uh, we've heard a lot over the summer from the people who have been in Sri Lanka. To the point that we said, okay, now we want you to save some of that stuff and put it all together and share it all at once with us. <laughs> but I think, you know, their stories have been a mixture of uh, the same way it is for all of us who have been to Sri Lanka, kind of a mixture of wonderful things and horrible things all at once. So their latest was uh, getting back and transferring in Dubai and they decided to stay an extra day in Dubai and then getting stuck on the elevator at midnight in 114 degree weather. So that was a, only 20 minutes though. They could have all just sat and meditated for that 20 minutes, maybe they did. <laughs> Not paid any attention to the, to the temperature. But then they were rescued, so they were laughing at what, how funny to not have any uh, van fall over a cliff or elephant step on anybody in Sri Lanka, but they get to, du to Dubai and get stuck in an elevator. <laughs> so they've had their ups and downs, literally, too. Um, so I wanted other people to share, share some uh, before I have one more. Our basement flooded. And luckily, the way it flooded, our insurance covered, <laughs> covered the damage. Um, so that's why so many of you have been painting and if you haven't been down since the painting, uh, it just, it's just so wonderful. The basement already, even without the new flooring, is, has been transformed. So that so many people spent weekends and uh, we had, it was so much fun. It was such a wonderful way. I think we need to have more painting parties because there are a lot of people getting to meet people they hadn't really had a chance just to talk to and just to be with. So. It, it really was a, a wonderful thing. Thanks everybody who uh, grabbed a brush and had fun. I think everybody had fun, but my goodness, I know now, I remember why I don't like painting. This, it's, it's an endless job. It's like moving, it's endless. There's always, you always can go back and do another coat. Or, and that basement has more angles in it than any building I've ever been in. If you look around here, every single angle of these walls there are more downstairs in the basement. So, and Bill Reddy, who took that project on and was the boss, but he's also the one who, who would go back and 
you know, correct all the mistakes and paint in all the little nooks and crannies. So that's wonderful and we're, the basement's going to be, the flooring's going to be put in in about a week or so. And then um, Guy Spinelli, who's the president, will, you know, reminded me the other day, we're also going to start, just about the time the floor gets in in the basement, we'll be starting putting bathrooms, creating our library, and moving the bathrooms to the big space that's sort of behind all of this. So that's another project that's going to start maybe beginning of August. So there's lots of stuff like that going on. I don't think we'll have to put the bathrooms in ourselves, so painters, don't worry. <laughs> I think that job's being done by, not that we're not professionals, but by other people. So would, would some of you like to share just uh, either something about that's happened for you with Blue Lotus this summer or something in your own life and share it for Bonte Sumana. Jim? I think you mentioned Kristen and Kate. Oh, that was, I was just, yeah, I'm still sad about that. Our two Buddha kids teachers and their entire families <laughs> are moving to Colorado and they're actually, they're probably on their way or you know, finalizing packing. And they were wonderful, wonderful teachers and wonderful families. So, and you knew, you knew them very well. So, um, they're moving and it's a really one good move for them. Their whole families are moving to Colorado with a family business. So, great for them, sad for us again. But the good thing is we, we really quickly had uh, uh, Joan Beck is taking that class and Kirk's daughter Amber is still going to be the the assistant. She's quite capable of doing the whole class, but she's every she's a, she's a wonderful assistant. So Amber's not here today. Um, but they're continuing with the Buddha kids or Jones picking that up, but uh, Amber's continuing as a helper. And we also started Buddha Youth which we actually just started, I think, a, like a couple of weeks before Buddha Day. And Marty Gorman, who's been in, with a group in Sri Lanka, is the Buddha youth teacher. So we're, we haven't, I haven't gotten a confirmation from her, but we have decided she is teaching Buddha youth next Saturday. <laughs> and if she doesn't feel well, well... <laughs> We will have Buddha Youth next Saturday. So um, all of those programs, even losing people that, we, that were just perfect for those jobs, the wonderful thing is there are other perfect people who step up. And uh, the experience may change, but um, you know, we still we keep going. Oh, the other thing I wanted to mention is we had a special, we were able to have with Bhante Sujatha's permission, uh, Chloe took her precepts on, Mon on Tuesday during the meditation group because she's going back to college uh, soon, very soon and wasn't going to be able to be here for the September 28th precept ceremony. So that was very lovely this week. And you know, in the midst of all the everything going on, it was, it was uh, just a wonderful experience for everybody who came to 2C Meditation to get to uh, see, see, see someone go through the precepts because a lot of people haven't even seen that and it didn't, 
Chloe's here today, so if she didn't die of fright or anything. <laughs> She's made it through the next four days. So that was, that was, thank you, Chloe, for, that was a, a nice inspiration <clears throat> for our weeks. To, to go through the rest of the week. So if you're thinking about taking the precepts, that's coming up the end of September. So sign up and start reading the books. And if you need to talk to someone, don't talk to him today. But <laughs> you can talk to me if you like. So what else? What have we missed? Or what's been, what would you like to share about what's gone on with you personally this summer? Yes, Nancy. Well, not personally, but Mary Gustafson wrote um, her book is finally available online. That's um, right. The audio is. And I think as soon as she gets back. The audio is? The entire audio? The audio is, yeah. Oh, Perfect. I hadn't even seen that. And I thought the she... website. And then I think when she gets back, the book will actually be. They had it already in Sri Lanka. Yes. The monks were reading. They passed it out. That was uh, that was the tra translation in into Sinhalese. I think we'll have kind of a I different think version. I think it's pre hmm? I think the auto might just be pre-order. Yeah. Oh, it's a pre-order. Oh, okay. That's what I thought. She finished thing. the audio before she left. Not the audio. She finished the book, the hard copy book. But the audio, she was going to. Uh, oh. We could pre-order the audio, but. She was actually going to get some sound effects and things from Sri Lanka to, oh, to, to include in the audio. That's right, Mary's book, which is, is going to be very big, I know. I mean, it's, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful book. Uh, thank you. What else? Uh -huh. Can you maybe talk just a little bit on, it sounds like the theme is kind of a Nietzsche. <laughs> yes. And maybe just talk a little bit about how we can use our practice to deal with, with that. Yeah, so um, Flavia is saying, talk just a little bit about impermanence. Anicca is impermanence. And um, that's, what we, that's why we practice. We practice so we can learn how to uh, deal with the impermanence of everything in our, in our lives. And that, that impermanence creates all the ups and downs. Well, the impermanence doesn't. The impermanence is just the nature of the world. It's the nature of our lives. Uh, what creates our own personal ups and downs is what, is what we bring to that impermanence and how we react to it, how we deal with it. And what we're learning to do when we practice meditation and mindfulness practice is to learn how to deal with those ups and downs. They don't go away. <laughs> and sometimes when we become more open to what's going on in our lives, that openness makes us feel like maybe there are more ups and downs. We're not repressing things. We're not pushing away. We're not living in denial. We are experiencing the ups and downs with a, with a big open heart. And so we're observing ourselves going through that and we experience pain. And we don't want to give that up. We don't want to give up experiencing our human life. But what we can give up is, is the experience of suffering. So um, 
Suffering is how we react to the natural parts of our life. And what we tend to do is try to hang on to things so we don't lose them, so they don't go away, so we can keep them forever. And so the whole, our whole underlying theory, our premise is wrong because there isn't a forever. This, while we're in this world, everything is impermanent. Everything is, uh, everything's coming and going all the time. So everything wonderful that comes will go. Every new baby born that's so wonderful and so perfect and we, we make such a big deal out of every little baby and that's what we should do. Every one of those babies, if we're really, really lucky, will become a mean, rotten teenager. <laughs> and that's if we're really, really lucky and can keep them that long. So everything is so impermanent. So what that means is, not that we become indifferent to it, but that we, when that little baby, when we have that little baby, we enjoy every second of it, every, all the messiness, uh, the, the, the pain that we go through when the baby's sick, but the joy from every moment. And then when it's time to let go of that, as they move towards teenage, those teenage years, we let go of it. We have to constantly be letting go of that. It would be very, you can only imagine if we kept our children as two-year-old to, two toddlers, how miserable they'd be. And sometimes then mentally that's what we're trying to do. Because we don't, it's a wonderful, beautiful thing, so we don't want to let go of it. And uh, what we're learning in our practice, by watching our breath, we, our breath is wonderful, it keeps us alive. But don't try to hold on to it, because you'll pass out. So with each breath, we watch coming and going, coming and going. And that's what life is, coming and going, coming and going. So we want to be open to the coming, and we want to be open to the going. And that's why uh, we, there will be pain, but there will be great joy. But the suffering we can let go of when we understand the nature of the world. And that is that everything is impermanent. And uh, the other one that goes right along with that and is so important that uh, it's, it's not about me. You know, the world is impermanent. And that means who we are. That we, we don't, you know, we've, we've got to find that part of us that's, uh, that's uh, not impermanent. And that's, uh, that's pretty mysterious. So we have to always look at things and people as not mine, not who I am, and not myself. Because all those things that we're looking at are impermanent. So how can they be our true nature if they're impermanent? We're, we're looking for the part that's permanent. And that part that's permanent doesn't look like us, doesn't think like us, doesn't have our personality. So all that other stuff falls away. And I think if we look back on the summer, look at all, I mean, just look at one little summer, all that comes, all that falls away. And the only, only if you feel like you're suffering over any of that, it's only because you're hanging on to it. Or because it's so painful for you that, you, that you're pushing it away, that you're, you're, you're turning away from it. 
And that's the same thing as clinging to it. So if you, if you want to just really see that life and experience it and love it, uh, you have to just open, open up. Just go for it. But, but let, everything, let everything go. Does anybody else want to share an experience? Uh-huh. Uh, this summer, after having this fabulous surprise 50th birthday party I, my husband threw for me, um, I turned 50. Um, my entire family had come in. My sister from Germany, my brother from China. I've got a huge family. My mother and her husband. A week later, my mom's husband died. And here we've just had this wonderful celebration with the entire family and her husband. My mother is kind of a cougar, I guess you would call her. <laughs> her husband is 59, but we've been married for 29 years. Wow. So the last thing we expected was for Gary to die before my mom. And, and so I've had this crash course on my mother in the last two weeks and crash course on funeral planning and uh, all the complications that go with it. But through it, my mom, didn't seem to be suffering. So last night I was at her house and I said, well, you know, Mom, how are you doing? Are, how are your nights? And she said, boy, it's, it's so hard to be sad when I feel so joyful to have had all of these celebrations of Gary's life with the funeral, with her daughters all coming in and, and helping her with the arrangements, with us going over there and cooking dinner for her and sitting down. And she said, it's very difficult to be sad when there's so many celebrations around his his life. And I thought, gosh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> that that's a good thing. I said, well, you know, the sadness might still come, so just be ready. But Right. Um, but she'll have a those, lot of joy. A lot of joy. And that's that's life, right? That's that's wonderful. She sounds like she has a wonderful attitude about it too. So when the sadness comes she'll get through that. And she has her loved ones to, to be there too. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. Were you going to share something? Thank you, everybody. Thank you.